0: All right. I want you to notice the first verse of John chapter 16. It says, these things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. I want you to notice that Jesus has just given the disciples some pretty bad news right here. I mean, this is pretty scary. You're going to be put out of the synagogue. Now, that'd be a big deal for Jews to be put out of the synagogue, especially considering too, that they're going to be put out of the synagogue for following Jesus, the Messiah. Now, how many of you think that when the disciples originally decided, you know, we're going to follow Jesus, we're thinking we're going to get put out of the synagogues if we do this. No, they're thinking, man, we're going to be following the Messiah. We're going to be high ranking in the kingdom. I remember remember when James and John's mother came to Jesus and said, Grant, that one may sit in your right hand and one in your left. These guys were thinking big thoughts for themselves. I mean, why do you think Judas wanted to be the treasurer? He's thinking, I want to carry the bag for the kingdom of God. These guys weren't expecting persecution, I believe, when they first started following after Jesus. But yet he's telling them, you're going to be put out of the synagogues and everyone who killeth you is going to think that you do with God's service. Wait a minute, you mean we're going to get killed? And according to history, they all did get killed. Except for James, uh, James the Bible actually does record him being killed. And that, But we see they did. We, they suffered great things in the book of Acts. But they didn't know this was coming. But notice in verse 4, Jesus speaking, he says, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. So Jesus tells them here, I'm telling you this now so when it's happening you won't be offended. But then he goes on and says, I didn't tell you these things at the beginning. Now you would think the disciples would have been like, wait a minute, you knew we were going to get put out of the synagogues? You knew we were going to get killed and you asked us to follow you? Why didn't you tell us that in the beginning? Why didn't you tell us that at first? You know, because that's not what we were thinking. You know, we were thinking you were going to set up your kingdom and we were going to be your high-ranking officials and we were, were no longer going to be, you know, on the bottom of society anymore. We figured we would be the ones getting taxes paid too instead of us paying taxes to Caesar. That's what we thought was going to happen. But Jesus tells me, I didn't tell you this at the beginning because I was with you. And did you know that most of the time God doesn't tell us what's coming? And there's a... I mean, he speaks in general sometimes. You know, the Bible says, in the world ye shall, you know, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus said to me, have peace in the world, ye shall have tribulation. But you know, most of us, we go through life just always kind of expecting the best, don't we? You know, that's at least how I am. But imagine if Jesus, when he came to Peter, when you read that story where Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, if Jesus would have said, Peter, follow me and you'll be put out of the synagogues and you'll be killed. Peter had been like, I'm going to keep fishing. That's probably what Peter would have said. Turn over to Acts chapter nine. Let's think about the Apostle Paul for a minute. Now, the Apostle Paul very, may very well have been an exception right here, but who knows? Okay. In verse one, well, you know the story of Saul. He's on the road to Damascus. He's breathing persecutions and slaughter against the disciples. He's going after the disciples. He meets up with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And in verse five, and it says, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, I don't know what all God told Saul at this point. Now, I do know that God did tell Saul, you're going to face some bad things. Because if you look at verse 16... It says, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So God did tell Saul, you're going to suffer. And the, and the truth is, it shouldn't have been a surprise to Saul that he would suffer, considering he was leading the persecution at this time. So he knew, hey, if I decide to become a Christian, somebody's going to take my place in persecuting, and who do you think they're going to want to go after? So the, you know, I do believe that Saul for the most part knew that he was probably in for a world of trouble but i highly doubt he knew to the extreme i don't know how specific jesus was with him but turn over to 1 corinthians chapter 11 i'm not going to read through all of this but i just want you to i want you to look at that passage in verses 24 or um or 2 corinthians i'm in, i said 1 corinthians 2 corinthians chapter 11 in verse 24 You see here a list of things that the apostle Paul went through. Terrible things, terrible persecutions. Now imagine, I said, I think Paul would have probably done it anyway, because Paul was just that great of a man. But imagine if when God came, or Jesus met Paul, or Saul on the road to Damascus, if he'd have said, follow me, and you will receive 39 stripes from the Jews on five different occasions. You will be beaten with rods three times. You will be stoned. You will suffer shipwreck three times. You will spend a night and a day in the sea. You will have perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of your own countrymen, perils of heathen and perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. You will endure weariness and painfulness and watchings often. You will hunger and thirst. You will fast and cold and in nakedness. Imagine if Jesus would have said that. To Saul on the road to Damascus, he'd have probably been like, I'm going to keep going after those Christians. Because I can tell you right now, he's probably thinking, I didn't have anything planned that bad for these Christians. And you're telling me that if I follow you, I'm going to suffer worse? You know, he's, I don't know. Paul probably would have done it anyway. He was just that zealous for the Lord. But either way, the truth is, God does not always tell us what's coming for us. And, and what I want to do today, and I hope you don't mind this, instead, you know, I, I do I do want to just share some testimony. All right? We've got a lot of new people to this church. Some of you know some of these things. I try not to repeat stories too often. I hate doing that. But a lot of stuff, you know, here people probably don't know, especially a lot of newer folks here. But before I started Liberty Baptist Church, my history before starting the church here in 2011, I, as far as ministry goes, you know, I grew up in a preacher's home. But I officially became an assistant pastor in 2000. I was I was like a part-time assistant pastor. I worked a full-time job, and I just did a bunch of different stuff in the church, and I was getting paid $100 a week. So I was officially professional because I was getting paid. I was was getting paid $100 a week. And then after five years of working at the Walmart Distribution Center in Spring Valley, I ended up becoming a full-time assistant pastor in 2005. And that was a great moment. When I quit working at Walmart, it was a wonderful day. I went out of that place, you know, practically dancing and doing cartwheels out of there. And I remember it was, I was now full time serving the Lord, and it was a great feeling. For years after that, I had a recurring nightmare that I was back working at Walmart. <laughs> Literally. It was a recurring nightmare that I regularly had for years that I worked there. And the thought of ever going back to that just. You know, broke me out into a cold sweat because it was like, you know, I've I've moved on from that. I don't want to go back. And let me tell you something about my life. I'm almost 40 years old. Every stage in my life has been better. I I don't want to go back to any point in my life before. At any year in my life, and this might sound contradictory for some of the things I'm about to tell you, but at any year in my life, I've not wanted to go back to any previous year. I like where I was at that year. And that's just how it has always been for me. And I'm very thankful for that. I I don't want to go backwards at all. But when I started, when I became full-time, though, I did take a pretty big pay cut to become full-time. I was not getting paid very much. But you know what? I was like, I'm serving the Lord now, man. He's going to take care of me and miracles are going to happen. And, you know, the money's just, you know, it's just going to be coming in like crazy. Well, it didn't happen that way. All right. In fact, um, you know, we got into debt you know, pretty good. And and it wasn't like this massive amount of debt, but when you were making as little as we were making, it was a pretty big amount of debt. And man, we were struggling. Things were not going good. The miracles were not coming in. I was serving the Lord like I was supposed to, but we finally just, you know, the Lord used that time for us to just realize we were not good with money. And we got our finances in order. And for a period of a little over two years, we went and we paid off all of our debt. And then big moment in my life. All right. You might think I'm pathetic for this but i got to call in on the dave ramsey show the television version and i got to do our we're debt free scream. and they had our pictures on there and i'm talking to dave ramsey himself and got to go on there and did, did the big debt free screen and it was a big moment and then for the next two or three years while i was there at the church not only did we never get back in debt but we were actually saving money and we're finally just felt like hey we're not broke, you know? And it was a great feeling. And I remember one day I'm mowing my yard and I'm just feeling like, man, you know, the Lord has been good. I don't have any debt right now. We actually have some money in the bank and we were actually planning a trip to Disney World. And I always wanted to take the kids to Disney World. We were planning a trip to that. And I remember I'm just, you know, it was like the Lord just spoke to me all of a sudden when I was having this good feeling and said, all right, I gave you all this. Would you be willing to give it up? And I remember just thinking, yeah, I would, but you know, I didn't really think he'd call me on that. You know, I just, I, you know, but but I remember thinking in my heart, I, I would, and it wasn't long after that that you know the Lord really laid it on our heart to start a church here in Rock Falls, and so I remember when we were going to start it, we were going to, um, we we had already we had already um, purchased a lot of the stuff. For the trip to Disney World, we pretty much had paid for everything. I forgot what month we had it scheduled for, but we had gotten the insurance on it in case for some reason we couldn't go. But we would already pretty much paid for everything, and then we were going to start the church, and we were—I think we we're going to go like in August or September or something like that. Uh, but then we were going to want to—we decided we wanted to start the church in September, and so we were going to go anyway. But then I—I I had a bunch of preachers telling me. You need to go and raise support before you start the church. We were just going to move out here, get a job, you know, and then start the church. That was the plan. But I had all these preachers tell me, no, you need to raise support, you know, so you don't have to work, blah, blah, blah. So I listened to the counsel of all these, wise counsel of all these preachers to go raise support. But then I was like, you know what? I feel really bad asking for support when we're about ready to go to Disney World. You know, that was how I felt about it. And so I remember I, I told Cassandra I was like, you know, let's hold off on the Disney World trip. I, I, we, we canceled all of those plans. I said, let's save that money because who knows, we might end up needing it after we start the church. And then, you know, after things get going, then we'll take our trip to Disney World. That, that was the plan. Well, the Disney World trip never happened. All right. <laughs> to make a long story short, it never happened. When we started this church, I mean, I did. I was like, this church is going to take off. When this town finds out how awesome my preaching is and how all the things that we are, it is just going to, it's going to be huge. I, and, and the church that I was from, they had, uh, they had voted to continue my salary the first six months while we were here at the church. So I was like, by six months, we'll have this thing up and going. I'm not going to have to get a job. Now, that was, my, that was what I thought. I was, I was convinced of that. And after the first Sunday, I was really convinced of it because we had a huge crowd that first Sunday. But most of the people didn't come back after hearing me preach one time. You know, it, 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 some of some of you did. Some some of you some of you did. You're still here. Thank the Lord for that. But not not everybody did. And so we got going. And you know, the six months started coming. I'm like, you know, there's not much coming in. You know, in the offerings. I think I got to get a job. And I was really hoping I wasn't going to have to. But I did. And I started applying everywhere. Could not find a job to save my life. And I remember the worst case scenario in, our, in my mind when we came out here is like, you know, if things don't take off, I can always get a job at Walmart Distribution Center again because they have one right here. And, but I was like, man, that's worst case scenario that I'd have to do that. Well, it was so hard to get a job during that time. I couldn't even get in at the Walmart Distribution Center. I couldn't get in anywhere. I ended up getting this crazy job doing home preservation work where I was doing most of my work in Peoria and everywhere but around here. And because most of the work was in Peoria, mowing lawns and things, I'm wanting to do stuff, you know, for the church, but I got to make money too. So I would get up as early as I could so I could start mowing as soon as it turned light in Peoria. And then I would work until it got dark that way because I tried to get it all done in one day there so I could have days to do things here and just crazy hours. And it was just a crazy job. It wasn't consistent. Sometimes the money was good, sometimes it was terrible. But needless to say, all that money we had saved up for Disney World, it disappeared fast. It went, away, it went away real fast. And before we knew it, I was back in the same boat that I was, you know, financially, after I'd become an assistant pastor. I mean, you know, broke, debt, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and then, finally I got a call from Walmart, and I was able to get a job at the distribution center. And I'll never forget, it was 2013, and I remember, I walked in there, and all of a sudden, it was like that recurring nightmare had come to pass. <laughs> and Except it was worse, because it was in the freezer. I was working in the freezer, it was a million degrees below zero. So 20 degrees, you know, 10 and 20 degrees below zero, same thing. But I mean, and, you know, and during that time, I did get pretty down for, mostly when I was at work, there's something about that freezer, it puts you into depression I was usually fine when I walked out, though. As soon as I would walk out and I would leave, then all of a sudden it was like you'd walk out in the sunlight, and but that you know then you felt good. But that was a rough winter too, and then I'd walk out, it was just as cold outside. But anyway, (laughs) it was it was you know it was a struggle. So that was August of 2013 when I started working there, and I just quit last week. So six and a half years, finally got to quit after eight and a half years of church, finally full time. And, and a while back we were out sewing with with Brother Mark and he asked me he said he said you know if, if you didn't know you were going to be at Walmart for six and a half years what would you have done I was like I'd have quit and, 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 and you know what I'm just going to be honest with you if you would have told me before I started this church Brother Tommy if you start this church now if the Lord would have told me I'd have done it alright okay don't, don't take me wrong alright I'm just laying out the facts But if you would have told me and you would have been able to convince me, Brother Tommy, if you start a church, you will, it'll be eight and a half years before you're full time. I'd have been like, I'm staying, I'm staying in the lighthouse. If you would have told me when I started my job at Walmart that I would be there for six and a half years before I quit, I'd have been like, I quit Walmart and the church. (laughs) I'm going to go, I'm going to go somewhere else. I, you know, that's probably what I would have said. I said, you know, if the Lord showed up to me on a road to Damascus and told me, I think I'd like to think I'd do anything. Okay, But you understand, you know, it's not always super clear what God tells us to do. You all realize that sometimes we interpret things the way that we want to interpret them? You know, some and you realize it's easy. While I was convinced the Lord had called me to start a church in Rock Falls, you know, I could have easily convinced myself it was an emotional decision. I could have done all of that. I, I could have easily convinced myself, you know what, I did the wrong thing. I should have stayed where I was at. I could, have, I could have told myself that. That would have been real easy to do that. But I will say, though, now, in 2020, looking back on all these things, okay, well, I kind of told you a bad story that if you were to ask me, Brother Tommy, would you do it again? I would say, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Because... I have actually enjoyed it. You know, I have, I have enjoyed these last eight and a half years. Even, I said, I had my depressed moments in the freezer, but they did. They went away as soon as I walked out of there. Okay? They, they really did. And the truth is, I would, I would do it again. You know why? Because here, here's the thing that I have learned over these last eight and a half years is that you know, when you're in the will of God... You know, God is the source of contentment. God is the source of happiness. And even though circumstances, okay, so when I I say, if you'd have told me eight and a half years, I'm talking if you'd have laid out the facts on paper, I'd have said, that's horrible. I would hate that. There's no way I would want to do that. But the thing is, if you were to write down on paper what you think will make you happy and what you think will give you contentment, you're probably going to write all the wrong things. If I were to just grant you those things, because I somehow had the ability, it probably wouldn't make you happy. But did you know if God, or if I wrote down all the things that God wants for you in the next several years, and you were to see those things, it would probably freak you out. But if you did those things that were God's will, I guarantee you'd be happier than you would be if you got all the things that are on your list. And, let me, and so let me share a few scriptures with you because just some things that, you know, I, I've, I can just tell you from experience right now. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse 8. You see, because during these last eight and a half years, and, and even during those years when I was at Lighthouse, when I became an assistant, we had all the financial problems, even I was happy during that time. You okay. know, I, I, I have been happy my entire life. I really have. I've been, and, and I can't, I, you know, we live in a culture of victims today. And when I listen to people just, you know, crying about their victimhood and all the things they've been through, I'm like, you know, I could easily share a testimony just like that. But the thing is, it's like I don't see things the way they do. I have a different perspective on things. And what cuz one thing I've learned is that through everything, the Lord has been with me. It says in the second uh um, Corinthians 12 verse 8 says for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me talking about the scorn in the flesh that Paul had and he says and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake for when I am weak then am I strong. You know what Paul learned here? Look, God told him, he said, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul's thinking, I need this thorn in the flesh to be removed for me to be happy. But God said, no, you need my grace to be happy. And when Paul learned that, he said, you know what? I glory in my infirmities. I glory in my weaknesses. And you know what? I feel the same way because while at the same, you know, while there were many times that I would pray, oh, Lord, don't let this happen. Lord, don't let me get that job at Walmart. You know, Lord, do this you know what? I take pleasure in talking about my hard times that I've been through. You know why? Because during those hard times, the Lord was with me and it gives me joy to think back about those things. I don't look back on my years as assistant pastor, not getting paid very much and and, and feel like I was a victim. You know, I glory in that. I'm glad because I learned some great lessons during that time that have helped me now. That have helped me pastor this church. You know, when it comes to running finances and things, I'm glad I learned all those things that I learned. I glory in that. I'm thankful for all the years that I wasn't getting paid as a pastor here at the church. I'm thankful for all those hours that I had to put in. I'm glad for all those things. I wouldn't change any of those things if I had to do it over again. I wouldn't. I mean, sometimes I do. I almost, you know, I enjoyed the life I've been living. I enjoyed having that other job. It made it easy for me to, you know, just have this attitude hey, you don't like it. You know what? I'll just go work extra hours at Walmart, you know? But now I'm kind of dependent on all of you. Now I've got to soften up the preaching, right? No. I'm not softening it up. You know, even though I don't have, because you know what? I could go back. They told me they'd take me back. <laughs> don't let them take me back. <laughs> but. But I could and, you know, I do it if if it came to that, you know, that that's fine. But I I get it, you know, because during all of that, the Lord was with me. And while I thought I needed this and this and this to be happy and have fulfillment, I didn't. I didn't have those things. I was broke and yet still happy still enjoying my life stuff. You Yeah, know, there's, there's a few times I got a little freaked out. I remember one time when we were living here in Sterling, I was at home by myself for some reason. I was down in that basement where we lived down in there and I was started thinking about the financial situation and kind of crunching some of the numbers. And I started panicking because we, we had all this backup worst case scenario money that we had hoped we'd never have. To, and not only were we at the point where we needed to use it, it wasn't enough. You know, that, and, and I remember getting pretty freaked out. But... We're still here, and you know what? We've paid all our bills. You know, we've not had bill collectors come after us, we've not starved to death. I haven't had to do anything illegal <laughs> to, to make it or unethical. You know, I, and you know, I could tell you a bunch of stories about how the Lord's provided and done things, but God's just He's been with us. You know, because He is the source of my contentment. Paul said in Philippians four eleven, he said, I not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content says, I know how both to be a base and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strength me. Paul said, I've had it going good for me. I've had it going really bad for me. And he said, I was happy both times. And let me tell you something. I've never been rich, but I've been broke. I've had money to be able to do things. And either way, I've been happy both times. Either way, I've been serving the Lord both times. I've enjoyed my life in both situations. And it, you know what it turns out, money is not the source of contentment. Financial security is not a source of contentment. God is our source of contentment. Contentment does not come from circumstances. it comes from God. Turn over to Psalms chapter 106. Psalms chapter 106. That's a thing that people don't realize. That's what our world doesn't recognize, and even a lot of Christian people, they do not recognize the simple fact that contentment, fulfillment, God is the source of it, and it says in Psalms 106 verse 11. Says, saying unto thee, or chapter five says, and the waters covered their enemies; there was not one of them left. This was when they came out of Egypt, and the waters of the Red Sea came on their enemies. When they were in Egypt, they thought if we just get out of Egypt, we'll be happy. Says, then they believed his words; they sang his praise while it was going good. Then they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert, and he gave them their request. God gave them what they wanted. Remember when God sent the quails? Remember when God sent the water? Remember when God sent the manna? All we need is this, and we'll be happy. God sent them all those things, but you know what else he sent? But sent leanness into their soul. While they had all these things, God gave them an empty feeling. God didn't let them enjoy it. So the thing that you've got to realize is that if you want to actually have fulfillment and enjoy your life, you need to accept what God gives you. And you might think you can think all you want. If I could just get that winning lottery ticket, I'd be happy. You know, you can get that winning lottery ticket, but God will send leanness to your soul. You will not be happy. You will not find fulfillment. Whatever it is that you're thinking you're wanting, it's not going to give it. Contentment comes from God. And you know, that's something people forget. The Bible says in Proverbs ten twenty two, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Listen to this. And he addeth no sorrow with it. Now, why does it say that? You know why? Because a lot of people are rich, but yet they're still sorrowful. Because they're missing the contentment that only God can bring. But the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Well, the blessing of the Lord is not always money. You know, the blessing of the Lord isn't even always health. Paul didn't have it. The blessing of the Lord is not always good circumstances. You know, there's this demented attitude out there, even amongst preachers, that, you know, good circumstances equals right with God. And bad circumstances equals not right with God. You're going through a tough time. You just need to pray more. You know, you better just pray God gets a hold of your heart. You know, you obviously ain't right with God. You ever read the book of Job? Those guys figured it all out, didn't they? No, Job's friends didn't have it right at all, did they? They're like, there's definitely something wrong with you, Job. God's trying to get a hold of you. You haven't been doing what you're supposed to do. Look, that's not, that's, that's demented. Y'all understand that is not of God at all. But understand it is God that gives contentment. And it, he makes you feel rich even when you aren't rich. And there's no sorrow with it. You know, and I, I'm the things that, you know, God has given me. I've actually been able to enjoy. I don't have to feel guilty thinking I stole it or I got it in some honest, you know, dishonest way. You know, it, there's something fulfilling about knowing that you earned something. There, there, there's something fulfilling about that. And I do, and I'm not trying to talk about myself right now, but the thing that I'm thankful for about finally now being full time is I think it's going to be pretty easy to convince you all that I'm not in this for the money. I mean, after eight and a half years, you know, and I, I I've showed you all too, you know, what I made, you know, the first several years. I mean, y'all know, many of you have been here for it. I think I've proved I'm not in it for the money. So now, you know, and if, if. I get blessed or whatever, I don't have to feel guilty about it. You know, I don't have to constantly defend it. I'm not going to have to constantly defend myself. And, you know, if good things happen, you know, just explain it away. You know, some preachers always like to get up and it's like they're always talking about how poor they are. You know, and it's like, I mean, some of these guys are wearing Rolexes and they try to convince you they're poor. You got these evangelists, they got these, you know, ring, you know, they're all blinged out. They got these fancy rings all over their hands and stuff. And they're wearing these super expensive suits and talking about how poor they are. It's like, you know, if God's blessed you, it's okay to just praise the Lord for it. You don't have to act guilty. You know, you don't have to go trash in the outside of your house so you look poor to everybody and people think you're spiritual. Do it so the tax assessors, you know, won't you know raise your taxes. That's fine. But, you know, don't, don't do it to try to look humble. You know, you don't have to wear junky clothes just so nobody thinks you're rich. Or you know, just it's, it's okay to just enjoy the blessings of God and just be thankful. But you know what? Make sure you're thankful when you don't have those things too. Make sure you are actually happy both of them. Because folks, this is a whole other message, but let me just say it. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. If you are not happy, you have chosen to not be happy. That's all there is to it. Bonus sermon in the midst of a sermon right there. <laughs> and if y'all want to argue with me, I can maybe preach some I could preach a sermon seriously, but happiness is a choice. Turn over to Psalms thirty-seven. Because you know, e- either way. In every situation, the Lord has blessed me. He's blessed all the way. The Lord has blessed our church all along the way. Psalms 37 says, "Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. You know, I can I can remember when we started this church when we were living in town in Sterling, driving by that one church in town, just, you know, trendy, liberal, terrible church, pastor that struggle, openly struggles with homosexuality. We would drive by there on Sunday night after our tiny little crowds we'd have here on Sunday night. And we would drive by there, and the place was always full on Sunday night. It was all, And I remember just thinking, how are they doing this? He's in the same town I am. How is this ha- I'm thinking Lord why is this church being blessed so much and nothing's going on here Well you know I just we're faithful anyway fast forward several years they finally closed down because he got you know some drama happened and went the church had to close down because when the pastor left the blessings all went too cuz you know where the blessings came from the pastor's mommy and daddy that funded everything he had rich parents folks, that would not be fulfilling to me if everything we had here in this church was because my mommy and daddy were just given a bunch of money because they wanted to see their boy succeed as a pastor. <laughs> that would not be a blessing. You know, it flopped, it failed. It didn't work. And the truth is it never was working. It it never it never was working if all of a sudden when he walks away it just falls apart because mommy and daddy took their money with that's that you know i was driving by there not knowing the full picture not knowing everything isn't that the way it usually is that's why the bible says fret not thyself because of evildoers don't get caught up in that don't pay attention to that the bible says in verse four delight thyself also in the lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light in thy judgment as the noonday rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way uh, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So folks, we see promises there. Delight Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart and since sometime I mean the way the Lord is blessed I almost feel bad about it you know one of my things that i've always enjoyed and loved doing is traveling but i've just never been able to afford it but yet the Lord has provided in the last few years for me to travel places I never thought I would go and this year you know the lord I mean i, I don't plan any trips of these trips for myself i'm just people are asking me to go to these places and they just happen to be great places. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll go anywhere. Some of the places I go aren't, aren't that great. Some, some are. But either way, it's just, it's like the Lord's just giving me what I wanted. I mean, I, did, I gave up a long time ago on just being a world traveler. It, it wasn't, in my mind, it was never going to happen pastoring a church. I, just, that, that, I, was con- I was convinced of that, but I didn't care. I wasn't called to be a world traveler I was called the pastor of church, and so I was fi- I was fine with that. I did, but yet the Lord let me do it, you know. And I just, to the point. Sometimes, you know, I am I'm thankful for these last eight and a half years because if it weren't for that, I would almost feel guilty about it. I was just telling you some before. I mean, the when I left the, my last day at Walmart, I go home and I get a call that looks like I might be going on a trip that I decided I was never going to get to do in my lifetime that I cannot publicly speak of yet. And I'm just like, I mean, the day I walked out of there, I get this phone call that I'm almost afraid to talk about because I have had a recurring dream of doing this particular thing, literally. And then it's just like, Oh, you know, I mean, all these things that I thought, you know, what, I give up on getting my own personal jet, and I give up on being a millionaire too. I mean, it's like all, all these things, all these things I've given up on. The Lord's like, I'm going to give it to you anyway. And I, I, I've never sought after these things. I've desired them in the past, but I have. I literally have surrendered these things and just given them up, forgotten about it. But it's like the Lord didn't forget about it. The Lord, the Lord has not forgotten, and he does, he does not forget these things. And, and, it, and it's like I feel bad because it's like, well, you know, I feel bad even saying I've given up, ever given up anything, because I don't really feel like I have because I've been happy anyway. You know, I was, I was happy. I've had contentment. I've enjoyed my life. I've been blessed even without The specific things that I would have put on a list that I wanted. I've been happy without those things. I've had great joy without those things. And so when it comes, you know, but those just always seem like the things that, you know, you always, everybody thinks that, you know, if somebody gave you a million dollars, what would you do? You know, we we all have those thoughts. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, we don't really feel like, you know, I would, you know, like, you know, we don't really feel like I have to have these things to be happy. But that would just be really cool if I did, right? You know, that's that's kind of how we are, and it's like, but it's like the Lord just is doing it anyway. I said when it seems like I remember a verse in the Bible. that says, "For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it." Proverbs does say that, doesn't it? And it seems like that's just come to pass. The Lord gives that fulfillment. You know, those who demand. What they want often get it, but God sends that leanness to their souls. But those who are like, you know what, I don't need it. God sometimes gives them He might even give them less, but yet they're happier than the one who's getting everything they want. It's because it does. It comes from God. And folks, so I say all that to just say, you know, don't take it the wrong way, but if I'd have known it had taken eight and a half years, I probably wouldn't have started this church. If I'd have known I was gonna have to work at Walmart for six and a half years, I'd have probably quit in twenty thirteen. But you know. God doesn't tell us everything; He just says, "Follow me," and I followed Him, and, it, and it's been a blessing. I, get, I can give so many testimonies of things. If I would have known that, you know, putting my preaching online and you know preaching what I do about end times and things was going to get me in some of the trouble it got me into, I'd been like, "I'm not going to do YouTube. I'm just going to preach to my own, you know, church and my own community." If I would have known some of the junk that I would have put up with, I would have never done it. But you know what? I did it, and I'm glad I did it. And I'd do it again. If I'd have known last year, if you'd have told me, Tommy, if you put up Pastor Boyle's video about the Massa Conference, (laughs) this and this and this is going to happen, I'd have been like, yeah, it's on his channel. That's good. (laughs) That's good enough. If you'd have told me, but you know what? I did it. and I'm glad I did it. And I'd do it again. And when the videos start coming out from Massa too, I'm going to put those up. It's just, you know, all these things, it's amazing how the Lord, they, He turns these things into victories. Things that, you know, I, I, the worst that I could imagine, you know, when it came to some of the junk I, I took from preachers and things, my wife and I, we would talk about it, and the worst that I could possibly imagine that would happen, not only did it happen, but it was worse than I thought. But you know what? It didn't bother me near as much as I thought it would. And it really didn't. And you know, it blows my mind. If you if you would have told me, if you ever put your sermons on YouTube, you know, you're going to be, you know, I'm going to deal t- tomorrow. I'm going to be taking a phone call from a slanderous punk that's out to get me. And I'm going to let him interview me if you'd have told me putting your your videos on YouTube, it's going to have people just throwing accusations at you and falsely accusing you and talking to you only so they can use their words against you. I've been like, forget that. But you know what? I felt like it was what the Lord wanted me to do. I did it. And now I'm like, bring it. I encouraged them to call me. (laughs) That's how much things have changed. Hey, And understand... These things come from God, and you know what, we've got to get over this attitude that this, this, and this is going to make me happy. We've got to get an attitude of, you know what, I'm just going to follow the Lord. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to learn how to be, I'm going to learn how to be content. Understanding that if I'm going to have any joy, it's not going to come from checking things off of my want list. That happiness is going to come from God. I'm going to let Him give me fulfillment. And if you just go do your own thing, you might succeed in getting what you want, but God's gonna give you leanness and you're not even gonna enjoy it. So what's the point? Let the blessing of the Lord make you rich. One that doesn't have any sorrow that comes with it. And so if I, if I would have known, if you knew, if you knew what was coming down the road for Liberty Baptist Church, if, if, if I could, except if God showed up and told you, you'd do it, right? But if I showed, if I came up and I said, you know what, I went into a time machine, I went five years in the head, here's some things that we're going to be facing in the next five years in our church. Most of you would run out of here and you'd never come back. But we don't know. And so those of you who just follow the Lord and stay in his will, five years from now, after you look back at all we went through, you know what you're going to do? You're going to glory in that. And you're going to be thankful for it and you're going to be glad that you did it. Because that's just the way it works with the Lord. So don't worry about what you can know. Just worry about what God knows. And just follow Him. And wherever it leads, you'll be happy. I can promise you, if we, if the, if the disciples all came back to earth again, you know what they'd do? They'd probably shoot for martyrdom again. They would do it all over again with a smile on their face. Because that's the way it works with the Lord. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. I pray You'll help us to... Uh, take this to heart, Lord. I do thank You for all that You've done. I thank You for this church and just the blessing it's been and uh, just the uh, pioneer spirit that the folks have had that have come through here. I, I thank You so much for it. And Lord, I thank You for the blessings. I thank You for the tough times. And I just pray You'll help us to learn to be content in whatever state. And I pray that You will send fulfillment to the people that are here. And I pray You'll help us to, to stay in Your will and to be a good example. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen.